Language is crucial to understanding societies. It's crucial to recognising the ecological, social, political and economic conditions in which we live. We use language to frame problems, formulate solutions, to negotiate and communicate political and economic pitfalls. Language is interaction that can accelerate action. But language is also performance, and performances can be used to distract from inaction, to avoid action, or postpone action, as much as to accelerate it. And language is what we focus on in this second series of our Language and Power podcast. Hi, Tom. Hi there, Michael. How are you? I'm all right, thanks. So another interesting topic today, I think. We're kind of still on Ukraine, which we spoke about in episode one, but this time it's about sanctions and the relationship between governments and, and reporting football. I mean, I say, I say it's kind of about Ukraine because one of the things that's happened in the in Britain is that the British, the UK government has started to sanction people, individuals, over their connections with Putin and and the Russian government. One of those individuals is Roman Abramovich, who is the owner of Chelsea Football Club, or, or who has been the the uh, owner of Chelsea yeah, Football Club, yeah, <laughs> uh, since two thousand and three, and and now it's there's a as we as we record there's a, a situation where because of these sanctions, Chelsea Football Club can't sell tickets. Is that right? Can't sell tickets. Can't profit to, uh, from, from from football activities at the moment. And so there's a move to have the ownership of that football club transferred to somebody else, either by selling it or, or transferring it. I'm not quite clear what that is, but I think what we're interested in is the reporting of this particular individual, Roman Abramovich, and contrast that to, or compare that and contrast that with the reporting of the Glazers at Manchester United. Am, am I getting yeah. that right? Yeah, well, but certainly to see with how a foreign ownership is is considered of, of football clubs. I think it comes back to one of the points that came up in the in the general talk about the, in the in the episode we did on Ukraine earlier, and this use of oligarchs to refer to Russian billionaires, but billionaires to refer to American wealthy American people in particular, and the the different implications of that. And so we would obviously this has come up in the news with the whole football business and the sanctions, particularly Abramovich. But it's a lot. It's been a long-standing issue in in the UK and in in particular English football. You know what foreign ownership of of football clubs and whether it should be allowed and how beneficial it is, and also foreign players is not such an issue now. But it was certainly a big issue. And every now and then, when particularly when England aren't doing very well, it comes up. You know. Is it because we haven't got enough English players playing playing on a wet Wednesday in Preston and stuff like that? But and so it sort of it brings up this question about when's money good money and when's money dirty mm. money? You know that oligarchy, mil, oligarch millionaire yeah. thing again. How you can, and so it's connected in a, in a number of interesting ways. I thought about when's money in football good and when's money in football bad, mm. and not not from our point of view, but from the the fans and the pundits' point of view, and how they pick up on it. At different times, one of the things that was of interest, at least an important point, is when we, we decided to do this topic. I was looking through for some, you know, I, I just googled Abramovich and then the Glazers, 
to see what I could find. And, and what Scott me pointed out is that an awful lot of articles were quite dull. You know, they didn't say any of the juicy stuff that critical discourse analysts like to get their teeth into. Sure, they said stuff that you could look at linguistically for different points of view, but there wasn't the in that your face bias, etc., that that we look for. And I think that's worth bearing in mind that we, you know, even though we might look at texts holistically and think about them in their context, we're got to be careful not to cherry pick and you know choose the articles that are the most defamatory or sensationist and say that's typical of re reporting because that, that's not necessarily the case. It might be. But what seems to be the case is that this is always latent. It's always on the back burner. It's always an issue that can flare up when circumstances permit. And so they might, you might talk about Abramovich or the Glazers fairly neutral terms for months and months and months, and then Sunday will come up. And obviously at this particular moment, is, is a time when you might start thinking about looking at the, the representation of Abramovich's millions mm. uh, and how clean they are. The same as when United, sorry, oops, showing my allegiance there. The same when Manchester United, uh, you know, suffering, suddenly the whole question of the American billions coming in from people who aren't even interested in football and they call it soccer and all that sort of stuff suddenly, suddenly hits the uh, headline. So yeah. it's worth putting out that I think there's a lot of sensationalist and a highly emotive language in these these articles, the two articles that, that, that I, I, I was looking at this mm. morning. It's not necessarily always the case. And it's interesting to, to bear, you know, again, contrasts when, when this flares up and when it doesn't is also really important. Yeah. Well, shall we have a look at those? I mean, so there's this, is there a difference in the two articles? They're both from the, the Mirror, the Daily Mirror newspaper, which is a a tabloid newspaper, tabloid daily national newspaper in in um, Britain, I think there might be different editions for various nations, the, the, for for England and Scotland and so on. But uh, Scotland has the Daily Record, which is a sister paper, so it's not like some of the other papers where you've got the Scottish Sun and the yeah. Scottish Daily Mail. It's the Daily yeah. Record, which is a sister paper. The Mirror doesn't appear in yes. Scotland, but it, yeah. uh, it's the same content across the two yeah. papers. Okay, and we've got so there's a difference. So we've got two articles, one from very recently, which is about Roman Abramovich. This is from the sports section. And we've also got one about the Glazers at Manchester United to see if in, is there a difference in, in the way that they are represented from about a year ago. Uh, and then I, I think there's another question which we might come on to, I'd be interested in, which is about just the question of football club ownership anyway, as a, you know, yeah. and, and, and how that's taken for granted, I guess. So first one, shall we look at Abram Abramovich first? Yeah, okay, so this is from the 15th of March, so just three days ago. Uh, headline, Roman Abramovich's private jet lands in Russia as Chelsea owner seen at airport. So it's from the sports page. It's the online version, but it comes under the sports page, so it's still you know, on the back pages of the traditional UK paper. But so just out of interest is one of the things we were talking about is, is this, if we think about what, the money and how it's influenced football and how, how money can be seen to uh, be considered positive or negative, depending on how you phrase it. But the, there's always been this suspicion of maybe preempting stuff that you're thinking of talking about later, Michael, but when, when foreign money comes in, it's an un, it's unfair and it gives one team an, an unfair advantage over another, particularly foreign money, not always foreign money, but I think that just adds to the sense of injustice felt by other other football clubs and it just makes me think you know for, for many years in uh, blogs and in informal chat Chelsea 
were nicknamed Chelsky, mm. which was sort of implying that they were under Russian control and part of this, you know, this system, and therefore just distanced themselves them from the English league apart. And it was used as a sort of funny insult by other by other fans. I mean, at the time, Arsenal, as far as I remember. Arsenal, who are traditionally known as the Arse by Spurs fans and others, just uh, to be rude, gratuitous uh, vulgarity is always useful in football. But when they were under Arsene Wenger, famous French manager, they were known as Lars, as if Arse were the French word for for Arse, which it clearly isn't. But so this this play, whenever there's foreign owners involved, but somehow the Arsenal one was, I think, a lot more friendly and just sort of mocking of Arsenal, whereas the Chelsky one, we sort of had these undertones that you know they're not there's there's something not quite right about Chelsea in terms of the 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 English football league, particularly as Chelsea had been very much a second order team, and I'm saying this for the particular benefit of my colleague Gerard O'Grady, who's a big Chelsea <laughs> fan. But until Abramovich came along, Chelsea were going nowhere fast. They were mid-table, mm. occasional relegation fodder, and then suddenly they've had 20 years of unparalleled success. But you know, enough of my football anecdotes from where this comes out. So this is on the sports page. And so I'm just interested on what's made of Abramovich's wealth in, in this pay, this particular article in terms of, you know, well, we talked about oligarch and the fact that this is uh, always used of Russian billionaires and never of any other billionaires. You know, Jack Walker, who we might mention later, who financed Blackburn, I don't think he was ever referred to as the Blackburn oligarch. He was Uncle Jack, which is a, you know, a very different point of view. But straight away, if we see, okay, we've got a private jet mentioned in the headline, um, private jet in the byline, often in particular the byline, the headline and the opening line are very repetitive. Because then in the opening line, Roman Abramovich is private jet. Well, should, should, so should, we, just, should private... we just read that first, those first couple of sentences out? Or shall, I, shall I give yeah. him a reading? You, you, I'll give him a reading. You, you, um... Yeah, give you a comment. Okay, yeah, go on, so go on. The, the, the opening, uh, yeah, three paragraphs. Roman Abramovich's private jet has landed in Moscow, Russia, just after he was seen in a VIP lounge at an airport in Israel. The Russian oligarch has been sanctioned by the UK government for having alleged ties with Vladimir Putin. The Russian president ordered his troops to invade neighboring Ukraine last month, leading to, a, to thousands of deaths in Eastern Europe. Abramovich has denied all ties with Putin, and it's not clear if he was on the flight to Moscow. The billionaire has been sanctioned by the EU, which could have ramifications for Chelsea's European hopes. The severity of these sanctions are yet to be known. So that's the first three paragraphs. So what do you make of those and then the language? No, interesting. Yeah, so we've got the, the private jet mentioned for the third yeah. time in quick succession. And so we're automatically, you know, in the UK, a bit distrustful of the people who uh, fly private jets. But then straight away, the Russian oligarch. That second mention, he's Roman Abramovich and then the Russian oligarch and strictly categorised he's, he's an oligarch, he's Russian we're a bit suspicious of the money now, saying, you know, he's wielding power that he maybe shouldn't, it's a bit of a despotic image related into to Russia, strictly then a, a mention of, of the situation in Ukraine uh, and the Russian president ordered his troops so Abramovich's millions are now becoming associated with the Putin regime and the uh, situation in ukraine i've got something i just found something really interesting sorry to interrupt there but i, I, I was just <laughs> thinking what what exactly do we mean by an oligarch and and i'm just going to do something that i always advise people not to do which is look it up in a dictionary so in my yep. inbuilt computer dictionary it, it, get, it says the, the definition of oligarch is one 
a ruler in an oligarchy. Okay, so right, that's not that's particularly okay, useful. Number two, especially in Russia, it says, especially in Russia, ah. a very rich business leader with a great deal of political influence. Right, and that's that's. So I wonder how that modern that that definition is because I, I certainly always think of oligarchs as being. Eastern European and possibly Russian, as if these, you know, as you mentioned before, as if these are the only countries where, where exist, billionaires yeah. have influence. Yeah. 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 No, but interesting. The, so even then, the Russian yeah. oligarchy. But I, I think, but that's one of the reasons why, why looking at a dictionary isn't always useful because it's taken, it's taken its meaning for how, from how it's being used. You know, they're taking their definite definition for how contemporary people tend to use the word oligarch. So we're not getting past the kind of contemporary use. So it's not getting us out of, you know, to, to a kind of etymology. How we, how we yeah, got there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You need a yeah. historical corpus. Yeah. Yeah. You? yeah, yeah but yeah. I, I, I'm sure as you mentioned before, if you did a corpus search, it'd be interesting to see really what other words collocate or regularly would, go with, yeah. with the phrase oligarch. Yeah, yeah. But I, I imagine something maybe we should do for another episode. Yeah. Interesting is his alleged ties with Vladimir Putin. So they're leaving alleged in for legal reasons, but they're straight away associating him with Putin. And then before mentioning the, the invade neighboring Ukraine. But then straight away, the next line, Abramovich has denied his ties. Then he get the billionaire. Yeah. So he's now we've, we've the reference to the money again, the private jet, the oligarch, which suggests both wealth, wealth and influence, and the billionaire could have ramifications for Chelsea's European hopes. By this stage, if you're not a Chelsea fan, you're not feeling a lot of sympathy. No, that's true. That's of... true. You're right about, about the trappings of wealth, you know, the, the, the private jet. And this is something, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to go and speculate. It seems to me that a lot of the reporting of Abramovich ever since he took over at Chelsea was about the trappings. And we always hear about the yachts and the mansions and the, yep. and the uh, estates. And then the, the businesses, you know, there's a lot, uh, always an emphasis on, on what then he owns or has owned. So that's an interesting one. And you're right. So all of this for a reader, who's not a fan of Chelsea, you're, you're, you're already, and now, now why is that? Why do we feel that Tom? <laughs> why, why is this, what, what is it about our cultural background, our sensibilities that we don't like people who are, who've got these trappings of wealth? I think. To an extent, obviously, it's not totally to at all, but ostentatious wealth has always, people have always been a bit suspicious of it, or it's easy to make to make it appear unattractive. Let us put it, put it that way, rather mm. than trying to work out what the national psyche is on the basis of my own psyche. But there's always, ostentatious wealth has always been presented in the press and on the television as something laughable, something distrustworthy, something unshowy, showy, something that suggests that, you know, that the, 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 the owner of all this world is having to make up for deficiencies elsewhere. That That's the sort of common yeah. representation I think we yeah. get of it in the UK that you're not supposed to show it's, off your it's really That's really interesting. I, and I'm going to just, I just want to drop something else in. I, when we were thinking about doing this, I, as I, I, I was telling you before we started recording, I looked back at some early articles from, from back in the early 2000s when Abramovich took over or bought Chelsea Football Club. And there's one from the Sunday Times in 2003, and there's a quote, it's a, it's a big Sunday Times magazine splash. And the headline is tomorrow, sorry, tomorrow the, the czar of uh, SW6, right? So they're calling him the czar of SW6, which is the postcode for which Chelsea Football Club is situated in London. But there's a quote there from Abramovich, and it says this, 
The thing I like about England is that in Russia, if you are rich, it is looked upon badly, but here it's okay. So he's got a new, he's got a different view to, to what we're just saying. You know, we, that's, and he's, he's giving that as a, as a, as a, a reason for why he wants to move to England, get involved in, you know, English cultural. British. That's interesting, isn't it? And it shows we should always be careful about putting forward our own views and opinions as if they were general. And I, so I'm not sure now, but maybe I just mix it in a very small echo chamber where, where people feel this way, but I wonder if it's something that's changed yeah, during but, my lifetime but I as think, well. But I think that is a good, I think that is a, that is a very interesting question about for, for whom is it, for whom do, do, do we feel that, who, who are we that, that feel that, that ostentatious wealth is, is, is a, is a, is a not a good thing and, and, and is a, an implied criticism or at least something that, that is, that we look down from the, the readership of the mirror is the, 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 the mirror is aimed at a, a working class audience, as you said, sort, sort of a, an English audience. Abramovich might well be thinking, well, it's fine amongst the political, there's certain political people <laughs> who think that wealth is fine. You know, as you know, that's, that's one of the questions, isn't it? But yes. And who, who is the echo chamber? Yeah. He mixes yeah, this yeah. when he, when he's over here in, in, in Belgravia or, or on his yachts or uh, I'm falling into the yeah. trap now by talking <laughs> about this, uh, uh, the people he mixes with. No, it, 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 it's a good point. Yeah. And I told you, again, it's one of those things that the, the, it's what when you're doing sort of analysis of evaluative language, it, it, it's, there are a lot of words that potentially carry evaluative load, but you're not quite sure what that evaluative load is until you see the language of the rest of the text or yeah, the rest of the yeah, article or something. Yeah. So if someone's a bit shifty, then being rich is going to make them look more shifty. Yeah. If yeah. someone is a paragon of ah. virtue who works really hard, then maybe the well That's interesting. You, you've yeah. got to get drop yeah. the whole text. Yeah. Well, well let's have a look at the next bit. The, are we all right to go on to the next bit? Yeah, so, yeah, so according to Reuters, Abramovich is not planning on meeting with Putin in Moscow. His jet was also spotted taking off from Istanbul, Turkey in recent days. A spokesman for Abramovich declined Reuters' request to comment. But then this is an interesting part. Abramovich was seen wearing jeans, a puffer jacket, scuffed boots and a face mask at Ben Gurion International Airport in Lod near Tel Aviv, Israel on Monday evening. Israeli Foreign Minister has already said the country will not be a route to bypass sanctions imposed on Russia by the United States and other Western countries. So what do you make? Well, the thing that stands out for me is that description of his, what he's wearing, which I, I always find interesting yeah. in newspapers. Yes, well, well, there's always, what is it, when you've often talked about the, the maxim of quantity, yeah. and if there's more information there than you strictly need, what what what's the implicature that's being generated? So so what yeah what what do you say is the implicature here, Michael? Yeah friend? okay. Well, I'm going to <laughs> talk about the scuffed boots first. I mean, I I've I I feel like there's a, a there are very many different uh, cultural groups in in England which whose dress sense or whose whose manner of dressing portrays something to each other. And people who are outside those groups don't necessarily understand the meaning system of what, what, what the clothing wears to those groups. So stereotypically, rich people, wealthy people, posh people, for people who are not rich, wealthy, posh, 
will be wearing nice clothes, neat clothes, well-groomed, well-presented, shaved, you know, if, if that's a, a thing. And scruffiness is, is, is for, for people who are not rich and wealthy, is, is associated with a lack of wealth and a lack of manners and a lack of kind of, almost a kind of lack of morality. However, I think that actually quite, quite often rich people and wealthy people do wear scruffy clothes as, as a kind of a, a mark of their, you know, they don't need to care. Look at Boris Johnson, yeah. right? That's part of his, uh, his, his mode, isn't it? So I think the scuffed boots is a, a really interesting one. I, I'm not I am not surprised that a rich person would wear boots that look particularly scruffy, but I think the implication is that you're supposed to think that he's, he's looking a bit shifty, like you said, down and out, not, you know, not up to scratch. He's on the run or something. He's not had time to, he's gone incognito. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's incognito. yeah, that could be it. He's, he's either, he's in disguise incognito or he's not had time to have a wash and a shave and all the rest of it and, and put in his nice clothes. He's on, he's on the run sort of thing. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's a couple of, couple of ways you could look at that. Does fit in with the, the jeans and the puffer jacket is a bit, you know, a bit sort of streetwear rather than. Your yeah, it's interesting. So it, it's hard to know exactly what it's doing there, but there are several possible yeah, readings generated, yeah. but they're all, they're not positive, any Don't of them. They're, it's not yeah. the idea that, you know, he may be wealthy, but he dresses like an ordinary man. No, That's not what no. it's saying here. He's either, he's shifty, he's on the run, he's a little bit incognito. The face mask, well, you're supposed to wear a face mask, uh, you know, when you're traveling, but I think that might just add to the idea of this outlaw. <laughs> yes. <laughs> guys, yeah. you know, suddenly your face mask brings up Dick Turpin or, or, or he was good, of yeah. course. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. But he's suddenly, he's, he's suddenly become a shifty character, hasn't he, by, by that, that contrast with, of course, all the, the other references we normally get from which, as you guessed, might be coming up. It does, the, the reference to the luxury yacht is only a couple of paragraphs away, so we do know that the luxury yachts will be mentioned. But this is, yeah, he's not on his luxury yacht at, at the moment, so something untoward's happening. One of the things just quickly that caught my mind there was, according to Reuters, Abramovich is not planning on meeting with Putin. It's absolutely yeah. sta standard yeah. thing from CDS. If someone tells you something's not happening, why why are they doing that? Why would you bother to say that something is not the case or something's not happening? And I, I think, you know, here the idea is, well, yeah, well, it probably is then. And that, that just makes him look even more yeah. shifty because he's, he's hiding. It brings it. it into the realm of possibility, doesn't it? You know, by saying yes. that something is not happening, you're not, you might not be lying. You might not be um, deceiving people, but what you are doing is bringing the idea of that very thing into the realm of possibility. Whereas before we might readers might not, never even have thought it. Why would we even think that Putin and, and Abramovich would meet each other? You know, if you, unless you're following the life of either of those two people, why would you think they even knew each other? But now by putting that denial in, they're in the same semantic space, aren't they? The same realm. It activates all these yeah. ideas, you know, the semantic field. Is, uh, yeah, semantic field. It's, yeah. What, it's a very classic newspaper way of doing stuff you know you say uh tom bartlett is not an idiot is the headline <laughs> and you, well okay yeah. but uh, so soon as you do yeah. that you, you, yeah. you bring up the idea that possibly yeah. possibly he is or something. there's a, there's a form of intertextuality going on and i'm not sure it's, it's not precisely a kind of referring to another text but there's an implication that somebody somewhere has said that that there, there is a plan and now this person's had to deny yeah. it so somewhere, somewhere. And if it's worth going to the trouble of denying it, it must you be must a serious be serious, Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. 
now do we want to there's a, there's a, there's a, a part here about the citizenship Abramovich has Portuguese and Israeli citizenship yet the former government are currently investigating how that citizenship was granted a rabbi who is alleged to have been involved in the matter was detained on Thursday so serious stuff there that, that's an, an interesting phrase in itself, yeah. isn't it? Obviously, the, the, a rabbi unnamed and alleged, but I suppose, again, this idea of multi-citizenship, again, suggests that well, why does somebody need three passports, mm -hmm. or I don't know how many he's got, Portuguese and Israeli, not Russian and not UK, that suggests, and then, well, that, that makes someone shifty, doesn't it? Well, why has this guy got two passports, neither of which come from the countries he's closely associated mm -hmm. with? Mm -hmm. And who is this mysterious well, rabbi who was alleged yeah. to have been involved in the matter? Involved, and, and, and the implication is that they've been detained because they were involved in granting citizenship to Abramovich, which is also says, is, which is also under investigation, a process which is under investigation. The whole thing is being, you know, we, we have no idea why why well why would he have portuguese citizenship but how that came about but without saying it they've, we've just been told that it's a, a very questionable situation to be in isn't it so and is it yeah they have they, yes, they've very much distanced them distanced themselves from saying it there's anything suspicious about it themselves but there is a government investigating it so yeah yeah the, that that leaving it's like alfred hitchcock isn't it who famously when he was trying to create an atmosphere of fear in his films, rather than showing the evil character or the threat, it was looming in the background. So that left it up to the 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 viewer's own imagination to work out exactly what the frightening thing was. And this is something similar happening on a on a lesser scale yeah. here. There's this investigation going on. You can imagine what the heck you like. We're just going to leave you free yeah. lane there, which serves a double purpose because it means the Daily Mirror doesn't need to say very much and therefore can avoid libel action. But at the same time, it allows us to run, run away with our totally, imagination. Yeah, yeah. It goes on. It's believed that, that Abramovich met with former German Chancellor Gerhard Schroeder in Moscow on Thursday evening to find a way to stop the war. Schroeder is said to have sat down with Putin shortly after that meeting, although it is unconfirmed. Now, this is a sport. This is an article in the sports page. You know, we're talking about former leaders of Germany meeting billionaires and and then going on to meetings with Putin. But so that's that's a strange diversion. It is. It's a very short diversion. It's really not what you expect in the middle of this talk. And then, you know, because the that's only three lines. Mm. Then the next paragraph is multiple properties belonging to Russian oligarchs yeah. again. And the fact that it looks like Abramovich is on his way back to Russia because they've been tracking his yacht. Oh, it's, it's all James Bond yeah. now, isn't it? The secret <laughs> tracking of Russian yeah. yachts and billionaire Russian oligarchs heading back to, to, the, to Moscow. But so this, this thing, which obviously trying to stop the war is a good mm. thing. But what's it doing? Is it trying to suggest that, you know, is this just, again, by saying he's trying to stop the war, is somehow implicating him in the very fact that the war is going on? That's just, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a strange one. I, I, the, the previous line or two is saying where, where Abramovich has denied any connection with Putin. And that's the crucial thing, isn't it? He's been sanctioned because of an alleged connection with Putin and he's denied that he's got any connection. And this, 
little um, vignette, this little story here, yeah. makes a connection or a very tentative. Abramovich met Schroeder and Schroeder then went, met, met Putin. And so there's a, a very short um, distance between Abramovich and Putin, I according to this. So I wonder if that's trying to speak to that denial of a connection here, but it's all very cloak and dagger, isn't it? Yeah, sure. I guess I think so. You're right. So he, it's what could be a good thing is, as you say, suggesting that he has got these links to Putin, has got power, which is something he's expressly denied. So that, again, it's something that's potentially positive terms, potentially very Anything, negative. Yeah. 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 But, th but then it does go on to, as you predicted, uh, multiple properties, according to Russian oligarchs, including yachts, have been seized by European authorities in recent days, although ship tracking data showed Abramovich's $600 million uh, yacht Solaris was in operation in the coast, off the coast of Albania on Tuesday morning uh, with the status awaiting orders. Fantastic, yeah. isn't yeah. it? So it's not just a luxury yacht now, it's a $600 million yacht. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and then around £429 million. Pounds. That's a lot of money. It is a lot of money, yeah. You know, that, this is a man who's got a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. and we've got, uh, you know, it's, it's not just... This yacht isn't sitting there or, you know, I don't know what you do, at, at, sitting at, at anchor or cruising or whatever yachts normally do. It's in operation as though it's a military vessel, you know? Yeah. Military vessels go in operation are they, around the coast of Albania um, and, and that it's awaiting orders. It's Awaiting orders. It, you said... In scarecrow. You said it was like James Bond and it's just like that, isn't it? There's a very much a Bond <laughs> villain um, sense to this, which is uh, very Yeah, but that, but that awaiting orders does sound very military, does it? And right, I hadn't thought about the inoperation. It's not just working, it's inoperation, which has a, has a different feel to it. And on its own, you wouldn't say necessarily that that word carried much weight, but with awaiting orders and that order has been removed, uh, I've done. If we talk about the idea of prosody, semantic prosody, mm. a term from from music, if it is across the whole text, these certain emotional pictures and images coming up, they all strengthen each other, and sort of neutral language can pick up negative vibes from the rest of the language. And you see, there's a saturation here of militaristic style yeah. language, as well yeah. as this this idea of wealth and and questioning about by implication, how this wealth was achieved. So, so, the, so the, well, we've got the last one. As a result of the UK government's sanctions on Abramovich, Chelsea are currently operating under a special license, stopping them from selling tickets and merchandise, as well as limiting their match day expenditure. So that's the consequence of all of this. And then it goes on to, on to say there's adverts getting in the way when you look online, but the Chelsea now the Blues that's a good you know and that's bringing them back to their British context to their nickname. The Blues negotiating the terms. They've got to play games behind closed doors. And Abramovich is planning on selling Chelsea, and it believes a number of consortiums are interested in completing a deal. Now this will be interesting to see how the members of these consortia are referred to. I know that Lord Coe is uh, involved in one of the, con the consortiums. I just wonder if they'll start referring to him as British oligarch <laughs> Lord Cone. Yeah, <laughs> unlikely is my prediction, but uh, yeah. Uh, and, that, and that's the point, isn't it? That's the point we're making is that there's a particular discourse around this individual uh, which doesn't apply, isn't, isn't um, applied to some of the other 
rich and wealthy owners of other clubs uh, and, and the question is why why is that okay well thanks tom we'll have to come back to to the gladers glazers another time because we're up to our 30-ish minutes for a uh, for episode but i think um actually we've got quite a lot to, got to say in that so uh, see you next time see you.